All right, running with the money. Episode 8. We are moving right along. Matt Gothard on the line. Kent Brown joining soon. Matt, thanks for coming back. Another episode of Running With The Money. Absolutely. Let's get at it, man. We got to bounce back from last week, I feel like. I would say, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And and we all are, are spreading ourselves thin at times. Two weeks in a row where I'm not really happy. I can't say I'm as upset as two weeks ago, but our moneymaker got destroyed by Michigan of all teams. So we're really hating that. And uh, just as Kent said, I know he called in with his voicemail picks, but last week was really the week of the underdog. Yeah, I'm really happy that Kent's running late this morning because he's missing his opportunity to talk about how he was right. So I'm just going to say Kent was right about the underdogs, and I'm going to leave it at that. And never again. And we will never say that again. So he missed his chance yes. to hear a compliment. Um, yeah, well, well, I'll give you this first. Your chance to gloat, not even really gloat, just to be happy about it, because you were really pessimistic about Michigan State going into this yep. game. What a win. Yep. What a win by D'Antonio. D'Antoni, I mean, uh, D'Antonio, again, like he just gets it done in these big games. And, and I would say there might even be a correlation between when we least expect it and big Sparty wins. I think that it's crazy. I mean, last week I said I thought we'd lose by 28. So when we were, when it was a three-point game in the fourth quarter, I was I was so surprised. But, man, what a what a huge win by, by Sparty. I don't, I'm hoping it wasn't too early because, I would still take a loss to Penn State if that means we could beat Michigan, but at least it it gives us the motivation going into this week. So, um, but man, yeah, what a gutty win! I, I, that's what that's why I love college football. It was incredible, Penn State again. I mean, this is what two straight weeks, two straight years where they've just flamed out Ohio State, Michigan State back to back, and in each yep. game, and then you saw that stat. I'm sure they were leading in the fourth quarter of all four games. Incredible! Wow. They just, I, w- I don't even know if it's a full-on choke or if it's just not finishing, but even in this game this weekend, regardless of, I mean, the spread looked good for a while in that fourth quarter, but Penn State had a chance, had the ball to put this game away. They could not. So that was just a huge game for them. I know we have to kind of talk about Michigan, unfortunately, but yeah, they just they, they pummeled Wisconsin. It wasn't pretty. Wisconsin, though, I will say, it's not good when you're when you're taking a lot of points and you see a team punting as much as Wisconsin did on the other side of the fifty. I knew we were in trouble then. Yep. Yeah. Anytime that you punt twice inside your own fifteen, it's really it's a bad sign. Um, <laughs> I just, dude, I, it was so frustrating because Wisconsin started that game with a great touchdown drive, and I was like, all right, we're rolling, like ten points, let's go. And by halftime, it was like, man, I don't know, if, I think twenty, we might need twenty. But it is what it is. It was just it was uh, an unfortunate set of circumstances. We, we should point out Notre Dame had a tougher time with Pitt. Pitt, who low key, I mean, everybody talks about some other schools, but Pitt's been the giant killer, and they almost pulled off another one. Notre Dame had to claw for that victory. My brother texted me, and during that game, I knew that Pittsburgh was going to lose. When my brother texted me and goes. Just hammered Pittsburgh money line <laughs> live bet. <laughs> I knew, oh. I knew that that was it. So, oh man, uh, we, too bad for him. But we we almost saw a lot more upsets than that. Uh, Texas had a tough game with Baylor. Uh, we know Alabama's never going to have a tough game. They cover their spread by about half a point. But again, the first half line looks good there. And even without Tua, this team is just a juggernaut. I, I will say, Kent's probably his best pick was Iowa State over West Virginia. 
because they win that game by 16. And, and without that block field goal return from West Virginia, it's a 20-plus point game. So Iowa State all over the Mountaineers handing them their first loss. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about my brother. He was at that game, actually, and uh, and I was wrong. I thought that I thought that West Virginia kind of hit them early and, and they'd go away. But, uh, you know, Kent, Kent and this app called BetQL that I've been following – they also called that game. I just, it was so weird. I just didn't see any potential in Iowa State winning. But, um, but wow, they they were on. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to just dig the knife in a little more. I'll take any victory when I can get it. But you were also, and I guess a lot of the people, a lot of the public, might have been a little wrong. I told you USC Colorado would probably turn that way. That was the classic in- Vegas <laughs> trap. Oh, I, don't get me started on this game, dude. Seven <laughs> points, right? I don't know if yeah. you watched the whole game. But I, I watched some that of it. Colorado, yeah. As somebody who had Colorado plus seven, you bet your ass I watched till the buzzer. And uh, and for those of you out there that had Colorado plus seven, I feel for you because they were down 17, score a touchdown, get the onside kick with two minutes left. Oh, and man. all we needed is a touchdown and and USC, there's no reason to play defense, right? None. But they just they stopped them. So, oh wow, Very that painful. is uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> the one area that we the one area that we that we did catch Vegas with their pants down was Purdue, right? I mean, come on, everybody saw that one coming. Yep, yep. They just spanked Illinois, dude. If I, I can, I don't if, have any. Yeah, if I can get Illinois. With less than what twenty, you're feeling pretty good about the bet. Yeah, I mean we can talk about to next week's bet if you want to. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe not right now. Though you brought up a good point. Purdue is that fun team to if they get to a bowl game, or I know they're playing Ohio State this week, but down the stretch playing some mediocre teams, especially in that potential bowl game, they're a fun team to bet on. They play a lot of offense. Their defense is a mess, but you know you can't have too much when you ask for a Purdue football team. The best thing about Purdue, and I don't know if they're actually going to make a bowl game because now I'm looking at their schedule and they got Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin left. They'll probably beat Michigan State and Iowa. But uh, <laughs> if, if Ohio State can run up the score a little bit against them, we'll still get a little bit more of that magic because um, people are going to still be sleeping on them. But they've scored 40 in their last couple games. It's crazy. It is. It is it's fully nuts that they've been this good. Uh, and I think we should – Matt, and the recap with Friday night, which really got me in a bad mood to start the weekend, and uh, it, it ended up going well for you, but it was another uh, classic classic degenerate story for you. I'll start with this, though, that South Florida-Tulsa game. I took South, South Florida with the spread. You hammered them in the second half. They come back miraculously and win, but of course don't cover the spread, so I'm just furious, and, and you get a gift of a win and then uh, take it from there because obviously when you win we know from the show that you're never settled well especially on a friday night like let's be honest uh but uh yeah so they score they they go up i feel bad because you know i knew you had lost and uh and all of a sudden there's a rainstorm outside and my wife starts going nuts and she's like we got to go outside it's raining we never see rain so in a split second i realized that san diego state is not beating Air Force by enough, and it's uh, <laughs> it's time to live bet San Diego State really quick. <laughs> so I get that bet in, and I walk outside, and I watch some thunder, and I realize it might also be raining in San Diego. And I look down at my phone, and it's like an hour and a half, or at least an hour rain delay. 
and I am now forced to sit through the rain delay to see who wins San Diego oh, State first oh, man. Air Force. And after all that, after all of that, Air Force scores eight points in the fourth quarter, and then San Diego State doesn't cover. <laughs> oh man! Word. Wow. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> the fact that you got burned basically by rain in San Diego is the cruelest irony that there, po- that there probably know. is. Uh, oh, wow. Un- unreal. It was unreal. unreal. It was an unreal weekend, and I should point out as well, the bigger outcomes, we saw Georgia go down to LSU in, in yep. another game that not too many people saw coming in the outright win department. Auburn loses to Tennessee. Tennessee gets their first SEC win in what felt like a half decade. Auburn just is a, a complete mess right now. The Gus bus is just breaking down uh, in the interstate. And then Oregon beats Washington. So we could be looking at the only, pretty much now it's official, they're the only Pac-12 hope for the playoff is Oregon, who a lot of people think should be undefeated. Yeah, well, they should be if they just went down. Uh, but uh, they they do, they have a huge matchup this weekend, but if they can get through this weekend, it really is looking good for the Ducks. So. Uh, I mean, right now they're plus three underdogs, so we'll get into that. But Oregon's a fun team right now. They are. They're a fun team. They, uh, again, beneficiaries. I think their record is about fair because they should have lost this game. I mean, if you saw it, the 37-yard field goal that that Washington kicker shanked. And I have a bigger problem, too, Matt, with coaches, especially in college, just laying up for field goals when they – I don't think they should be trusting their kickers as much. That's my piece. I think that they should be more aggressive. No. Over 35 yards, you're going to just lay up for a field goal? I mean, especially if you have a, if offensive powerhouse like you do, I think you got to try to score every time if you have the time and then, and then put it on the kicker because the chances of a missed kick are still about the same as a fumble. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's really got to be close. Oh, they are. It's just it's not exactly what I would say what you want. So We'll move on here, running with the money, and start looking into this week. Yeah, there's an interesting slate of games. It might not be the most attractive from a matchup standpoint, but we know those are always, usually they can be the best weekends of the year. And it starts on Friday. I, I don't. I might have swore off betting on Friday after last week, but they kind of do tease you a little bit with some of the matchups. How about the Friday night Pac-12 game, Matt Stanford and Arizona State at Arizona State? And the Sun Devils are getting two and a half points against a Stanford team that's looked terrible. Utah spanked them. Bryce Love didn't play. I have an uneasy feeling about this. It's one of those games where I feel like I don't have a play on it. And if whatever I pick, I feel like I'm just going to be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I hate to one-up you, but that game is tonight, Thursday night. Thursday night. My Uh, mistake. Yeah, wow. So we'll just spoil it for the people that are listening. We'll be wrong, and I'll say... I think you know what though I, I, I'm gonna say under is my bet. Not picking a side here, it, it spiked up to about let's see, I got like 59 on there. It went up seven you know, points from when the opening line over under started. <laughs> so I like the under. It's, I just I can never bet an under in a Pac-12 game because there is just no defense, and sometimes the defenses show up, but when they don't, it is maddening. Um. I think I'd say Stanford in this game just because I'm consistently being petty against Arizona State for beating Sparty. But if it is in Arizona, uh, you know, minus two and a half seems kind of like a trap. I feel like this will be a pretty close game. If uh, if if Stanford can just get ahead. Do we know if Bryce Love's playing or not? Or is he out? 
I haven't heard that he's coming back, so I wouldn't expect him to be there. But you never okay. know. Okay. And if you yeah, don't, it, it, I won't, yeah, I, I just I uh, wouldn't I wouldn't put too much money on this. <laughs> I would no, not put much money on this. Not at all. Are you going to keep it going on the Friday night tilt with Air Force betting against them, UNLV? Well, at this point, they have to lose after last week, right? <laughs> Ten and a half point favorites on the road. UNLV, very, very bad. Uh, I would stay away from this game uh, at all costs. So it really doesn't pick up Friday. I was mistaken. But Saturday, we get going with a tilt of some games. And I'll start with this one. I don't think Kentucky should be double-digit points against anyone, anyone, Matt. I know they're playing Vanderbilt at home by 11. I just don't see them as a team that's going to run through everybody else. I would bet the Commodores here. Yeah, I feel like that's a trap line. You know, like you look at that and you're like, oh, uh, 11 points. Yeah, Kentucky will easily cover that at home. But then you kind of start looking back at Vanderbilt and you realize, like, they're probably – this is one of their bigger games of the year left. And so uh, I like to to tease that up to 12 almost. I mean, who knows? Kentucky – I've been wrong about Kentucky all year long. So we'll see, but I, I think I take Vandy here. Yeah, we we have been wrong about Kentucky. Vanderbilt's defense not exactly uh, inspiring, but they can make they can keep this close. And honestly, I think we're looking at about a seven to ten point victory for Kentucky. So yeah, teasing it up is probably the best play. I, they, Kentucky's offense isn't the type that, if, from the little that I've watched of them. They're putting together long drives. That they're grinding teams down, and they're really making their mark against some of the poorer teams in the second half. So, yeah, I, I would take Vandy here. The over/unders only at forty-eight and a half, which scares the bejesus out of me. Speaking of uh, speaking of Vegas trap lines, another one. You get an undefeated team on the road as an underdog. Cincinnati goes to Temple, noon kickoff, East Coast. Temple three and a half point favorites. This has all the re- this has all this has all the red flags this is i'm probably going to blow through the stop sign again because i'm an idiot but cincinnati getting points against temple yeah i mean it, as much as you could have a read on the cincinnati temple game uh <laughs> sometimes it's just funny i mean tickets to this game are going for 17 bucks <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is the mean, football power. I mean, this is basically what uh, what the game was supposed to be when they drew it up hundreds of years ago, right? Cincinnati Temple on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, dude, the, right now the spread consensus pick on ESPN is Temple minus three. I <laughs> so I, I feel like they might know more than me, but I, I'd roll with the undefeated Bearcats. Yeah, I, my God, I, I just it, exactly as much as you could ever read on Cincinnati Temple. It, it just you have an undefeated team, regardless of how weak their conference is, getting points against Temple. Uh, Do they have some kind of like home field advantage? Does Temple no, have they don't even. Like... Don't they play in the vet? Like I think they play in. Phil- <laughs> I, think they, I don't think I'm they just, have I'm a stadium. Trying to figure out why I've seen the lots of Villanova and Buffalo. <laughs> what are, just like, what are we doing? Like, what, at this point, they're just trolling. They're probably, you know what it is. I, I think I figured it out. Vegas is up. They've been crushing people left and right. This is a free play for them. So they're right. just trolling they people and making them temple. second guess. I think that's what they're doing, and it's not a bad move. Look, we've all been there, so um, they're like, hey, why not? Just see if we can just mess with people. It's like bluffing on a poker table. Um, I'll tell you one that I do like, though. In all seriousness, 
even though they've burned me in the past. And we could target this. Maybe as a potential, I'll say pencil it, which is you know means maybe it's in play for our money maker at the end of the show. I love Syracuse minus nine against North Carolina. North Carolina is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know if I could ever make a money maker pick on Syracuse, but Syracuse has looked really good. Well, this we've year. done it. We've I done mean, it they, once, but we haven't done it as favorites. So I think that's I get that side that's of it. A, yeah, I mean, did we take them at twenty plus? <laughs> yeah, twenty five. Uh, I mean, yeah, any any team getting twenty five will consider it. That there will yeah, definitely I'll, consider you. I'll consider a quarter of a hundred points. But uh, I, you know what? I, I agree with you. I think Syracuse. This is a season for them where people are actually excited. Uh, we know some Syracuse fans ourselves, and um, you know, nine and a half really isn't that much at home. That's a touch. That's just two touchdowns, pretty much. Um, Right now, I have no reason to bet on North Carolina, so I would take probably Syracuse in that in that moment. Okay, we'll we'll have to see. And uh, I honestly think that if you give, unfortunately, twenty five points isn't a play. North Carolina is terrible, so I would say Syracuse is one that I like this week in that game. But who can say? And uh, it's it's a fitting time right now because our uh, our, our third host just walked in, Kent. Oh, good. I was going to ask you how What's long it took him to walk Kent, there. you're alive. <laughs> that I am. It was quite the weekend. Quite the week, I should say. I can't really I can't really get into too many details. Gothard, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Good to have you. But uh, I would say the underdogs were howling last week. We already gave Parker you credit. So. <laughs> that time is gone. Well, it's over. well, the credit still needs to be given by me for me all the time. <laughs> I, know, I know we struck out on Wisconsin. That's all right. We, we were bound to miss one of them. Fortunately for me, and I guess not as fortunate for you guys, you didn't no. do Iowa State. You didn't do Michigan State. Or I guess... Well, well, you should have probably reached into LSU as well and a few other underdogs. So I guess we can move on from last week, though. But let's just say I was I was feeling pretty good about a lot of those (laughs) underdogs. And uh, overall, it was it was one heck of a week. Yeah, well, 20 minutes late, 20 (laughs) minutes late comes in. I was right. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. That's the way it needs to be done. I, I, I don't know what you guys talked about. All I know is you. You guys talked about West Virginia beating Iowa State last week. That didn't happen. Everybody's yeah. wrong. All right. You guys <laughs> talked about Georgia beating LSU last week. That didn't happen. So. Dude, that game. All I'm going to say about that game is it is going to make me so much money when that spread is LSU, under Alabama. points at LSU. Yeah. I just cannot wait. I cannot <laughs> wait for that. As long as Tua's healthy. If Tua's healthy, they are unbeatable and they're going to dominate everyone. If he is banged up, that changes some. But, Yeah. I would say overall, I'm with you. If that line is hovering around 10 or 11 or 9 or 8 or whatever, we have to feel really good about Bama. But that's not until three weeks from now. No. I mean, look, Kat, you had a good weekend. There's two types of people in gambling, people that get stepped on and people that do the stepping. So right. I, don't know who said that. I don't know who said that. But anyway, Ohio State. I believe impre- it was Jesus. Yeah, that famous. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it was oh. in I believe. <laughs> a good guy. Ohio State, Purdue. We mentioned Purdue, Gothard, in our recap how we just finally did catch Vegas on a bad day with that Illinois spread. 13.5 points is all the line is. Purdue's this lovable team now, and, and it is it is exciting to watch them play, but, man, this feels tighter than it should be, at least from the outside. Yeah, but you got to think about it like this. We love Purdue. Purdue's a great team. 
uh, when I say great team, I mean they're fine. And uh, you got to think about the team, the guy that's been fading Purdue for the last four weeks after they lost to Eastern Michigan. You know, he's like, there's no way they beat Boston College. Lost. There's no, you know, Purdue is going to lose to Nebraska. It's their first win. Lost. Illinois is going to keep it close. Lost. So this week, he's probably looking at it being like, you know what, they're going to play this game pretty tough against Ohio State. And that is not true. Ohio State's going to blow them out. Purdue doesn't win these games. I think it's going to be 21-plus points. This is one of those games that Purdue hasn't had in a long time where it's a night game at home in a big environment in which they're on a winning streak. The last few years, they usually play Ohio State close, and I know that Uh Mitch can attest to that. And granted, those weren't Jeff Brom teams. Those were you know coached by other guys. But I actually think this is going to be a fairly close game, and a lot of it is Purdue's big play offense is the best in the Big Ten. They have more big plays than any other team in that conference, in conference games. Ohio State is the worst in the Big Ten, bottom ten in the country, and giving up big plays. Minnesota ripped through them last week. They didn't score touchdowns when they got in the red zone, but they had chances to put up a ton of points. And for Ohio State now, you had some of the -the off-the-field stuff this week with Nick Bosa, and I don't know how much that impacts them, but I do think it won't impact them positively. Worst case, it's kind of a neutral sort of thing. But I look at Purdue as a team that's probably scoring in the high 20s, and if that happens, Ohio State has to score mid-40s to cover, and I don't think that happens. So overall, I'm going to say a close Ohio State win, but what's this, right at 13 and a half or 14? 13 and a half. I mean, in this case, you buy the half point, make it two touchdowns, just why not? But overall, I feel pretty good about Purdue in this game. And this is another one of those classic, it's getting later in the season, we're in the second half of the season. You go on the road against a team who does certain things well, that's a tough recipe to try to win these games. Now, on the flip side, I have a Clemson team that I do think will cover against NC State this week, but that's in Clemson. That's different than going on the road. Ohio State this year, you watch them when they went into Dallas to play TCU. They got off to kind of a rough start, and then the defense stepped up and won them that game. So I'm going to go Boilers plus the 13.5 and and win this, You know, not to win the game, but to cover. I guess I just like Purdue it's, against mediocre teams, and we just haven't seen them yeah. really against a great team yet or even really a good team yet. So I, I would lean Ohio State not fully confident in that. I also think like the over could be a play here. I know at 68 that's a lot of points, but if Purdue's going to score, Ohio State's going to win this game by outscoring them if Purdue starts lighting it up. So yes. maybe that's the play. Well, and and you feel like you feel like this is going to be a first half that's close. You know, like Purdue's fan base comes out, everybody's super excited and then we get to the second half and all of a sudden Ohio State goes up 14 it gets really quiet Purdue gets kind of down and Ohio State kind of notices that this is the time to to kick it in gear I think that that's probably more realistic but we'll see we will fun to disagree we will it's always fun I just love I love home underdogs especially if they're getting double-digit points and they do certain things well and Rondell Moore is a monster wide receiver as a freshman he's been great David Blau can throw it all over the place. Brom, I'm sure there's certain plays in their playbook that they have not put out yet that they're going to run certain sets Ohio State hasn't seen. They're going to go for some trick plays. They're going to pull out all the stops. And this is an Ohio State back seven. They're secondary and they're linebackers that are vulnerable that if you get the the, if you get the D-line to go one way and all of a sudden it's up to those guys in space, specifically those linebackers, Mitch and Gothard, those linebackers for Ohio State have not 
been tackling very well all mm-hmm. season. And I think that's where Purdue's going to want them. Can they get one-on-one matchups, moving the defensive line away, and getting the linebackers one-on-one with the tight end or receivers? And if that happens, there's going to be points to be had. They just have to go out and execute. It's going to be fascinating. And another one, especially Gothard, I'm not going to save this for the end. We'll talk about the rivalry, Michigan-Michigan State. Seven-point Michigan favorite. An over-under at 41. That's about as low as I've seen this year. So that is also an option there. You ride high Gothard over over the win over Penn State. Always good to beat those guys and get a moral victory over them. But Michigan State, how do you feel this week against the Wolverines? You know, I'm not going to fix something if it's not broken. So I think Michigan is going to win by 28 points. Okay, I see what we're doing. I see what you're doing there. That's that's great. (laughs) I don't know if seven is enough. I don't know if seven is enough. I want, I want Sparty to win. I mean, obviously, I probably would. I can't take the points in a game like this because it, you know, a backdoor cover doesn't quite cut it for me. Um, But uh, I, I think if it was 10, I'd think about it. I think Harper, though, is looking for a, a chance to make a statement, kind of riding high after last week. Um, I could see them getting up by seven and, and trying to score again at the end. Um, who knows? I, my, my heart is on Michigan State. My money would probably be on Michigan. Okay. But, uh, you know, I'll, it'll probably be it'll be a Michigan State money line week for me. Kent, this is the recipe we were kind of talking about, a home dog, not double-digit points. And I'll play devil's advocate for a second. Michigan last week, their defense made big play after big play against Wisconsin and a very conservatively coached Wisconsin team. I don't think D'Antoni's going to coach that type of game. D'Antonio. D'Antonio. God, I keep doing it. I know the yeah, NBA season started. He has got. He doesn't have a mustache either. Um, not the Rockets. D'Antonio is not going to coach a consistently conservative style like Wisconsin. I'm not feeling great about it, but I actually think this game could be close. I have no reason to think it won't be close. If you look at the history of this series, Mark D'Antonio's 11-0 covering the line against Michigan. Mm. 11-0 is pretty strong. They've won eight of the last ten. They've played against Michigan, and they've been seven-plus point underdogs several times where they've won the game outright or they covered. Yeah, so I look at this game, and I go into this thinking, Rashawn Gary's probably doubtful. Michigan's defense is a strength. And they do a great job of stopping the run. Michigan State's had trouble running the football. But on the other hand, Brian Lewerke hasn't really had that coming out performance yet. And Lewerke last year was very good. He was an upper echelon Big Ten quarterback. You would see this at seven or seven and a half. What are we going with? Even seven. I love Michigan State to cover that. And also look at Michigan's two performances away from Ann Arbor this year. They were down 17 to nothing in Evanston, needed to come back, late fourth quarter victory. They beat Northwestern against Notre Dame. They're down 21 to three, come back, make it close late. But realistically, they were getting blown out for 55 minutes of that game. This is a team on the road that hasn't shown the ability to play consistent football. And for Michigan State, they throw all their chips on the table in this game. And I know that for Michigan, they still have Ohio State, they still have Penn State. They have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of teams that are maybe, quote unquote, higher end this year in terms of preseason value and Ohio State being number two in the country. But for Michigan State, this is their biggest game by far. A lot of these kids either weren't recruited by Michigan or certainly were looked down upon by Michigan. I expect Antonio to bring his A game here. And I would say it's a really close game. 
And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Michigan State wins outright. But I expect this to go four quarters. I got the over-under at 44.5 earlier this week before it went to 41. I like that under. 41 is a bit hesitant just because all of a sudden one team scores 27. You're in some real trouble. That means Uh it has to be a blowout. But I am absolutely buying into D'Antonio, Milwaukee, Michigan State's defense, forcing Michigan to be one-dimensional. And Gothard, for you, I know you watch Michigan State closely. You watch Michigan closely. What makes us think that Michigan's offense is going to run the football with any consistency against this Michigan State defense? I think you're going to have to have Shea Patterson pass for 300-plus to win this game, and I'm, I'm not so sure he's capable of doing that, or he certainly has shown he hasn't shown he's capable on the road of doing that. I'm just worried about, as a fan, I'm worried about our quarterback. Lewerke came out and said on that last play, even if he was in double coverage, I'm throwing that ball to Felton Davis, and that's fine. I'm glad that he got it to him. It's a great pass. But now all of a sudden you're giving up that you are just always yeah, reading to Felton Davis. Want. Yeah, and. Yeah, and I don't really want that out there going into Michigan week. So I, I do hope that they can they can come out strong, but I just uh, I'm waiting for the day that Harbaugh gets a chance to run up the score against us because I just don't want to be a part of that. Well, I, I'm hoping Michigan State wins. Although I'm I'm worried Kent, but that we'll never see Gothard again if Michigan State wins this game. That's true. Oh, you'll see me. I gotta survive. I gotta survive for that Alabama LSU game. True, true, good point. <laughs> after that, yeah, after that. Oh, that's right, and that's your Vegas weekend, too. So oh, God. Yep. I'll be in my Pittsburgh birthday. at a wedding, probably watching games on my iPhone or iPad, or hopefully there's TVs somewhere in the reception area. But, yeah, I have a feeling you'll be at a sports book, either laying on the floor, crying yeah. in both either joy or sadness. It'll be one of the two. We just don't know which of the two it will be. I'll just be checking the uh... – the uh, event records of what's going on in the strip, who's gotten in trouble, who's causing a scene. So I'll <laughs> the just, police blotter. Mo- yeah, <laughs> please blotter. I'll monitor you that way. Uh, you guys brought up here on Running With The Money, Bama again. Bama, Tennessee. Do we just do we just pencil in first half lines now with Alabama? Well, you have to until they lose. There's just right? no way around that. So if you're Tennessee won. Up, this is a perfect scenario. Tennessee won last week. This spread would have been well over 30, probably about 35 points. And with Tua it, getting that knee tweak, it bumped down the line a little oh, bit more. Oh, God. Because there's a chance if they're up 21-3 to three after the first that he's not in the rest of the game. But, yeah, I think until further notice, Alabama first half has to be a bet you make just because – and that line's not even officially up yet. But you're looking probably, if it's 29, you're looking 20. at probably 17-18. to really? 18. Wow. But what has Tennessee shown to make us think that this is going to be a competitive game? I'm under the belief, I don't think that this is going to be our moneymaker again, but I do feel pretty good that like we should keep taking this until Alabama loses one. 7-0 <laughs> is pretty good track record for us to keep following. And, and mostly, what is the line? I, they're not going to the list that have? until close. I mean, it, those don't get posted until close to game time. But we think, like Ken said, 17.5 to 20 at the absolute max. It's yeah, going to be in that range. probably be, I mean, I probably should have texted my buddy Chris Andrews over it. South Point, but you're looking at probably 18 is my guess. 17 and a half or 18 and a half, somewhere in that range. But. If it's lower than 17, we'll all be in the car immediately. <laughs> yes, <laughs> immediately. So, but yeah, I, Tennessee's going to have trouble moving the ball. Auburn, 
Or we call one of the several Russian ladies of the night that we've gotten to know over the years in Vegas. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, right. Allegedly. They're allegedly Russian. Well, technically, technically Ukrainian, but what's the difference? Independence. And, and That's the they're difference. they're very good at making the right bets. <laughs> I'm not sure I have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I do either. Uh, Ukrainian <laughs> bet takers aside, I think Tennessee is uh, in for a world of hurt in here because they're not going to play a putrid offense like Auburn's. And that's what really kept them in the game early and gave them the chance to kind of find their groove. It's a problem with playing Bama. You're just not gonna find <laughs> you're just not gonna find your rhythm early against them. By the way, that's one Do you game think? this week that I am just not touching is Auburn and Ole Miss. I have zero idea oh, what Jesus. the heck is happening in that game. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, Gus Malzahn <laughs> he just looks like he's mentally checked out, like he wishes he was at Arkansas and took that job. You have one offense, Gothard, in Auburn that can't move the football against anybody with any efficiency, and then you have one defense in Ole Miss that would let us three and eight random people off the street to score 30-plus against them. So I just don't know, is it the bad offense or the bad defense? Which one is either better or which one is worse than expected? That is a complete mystery game to me. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday, and uh, that game will not be one I will be watching. But, wow, um, a lot of stuff going on at 9 a.m. Pacific time. All right, Gothard keeping yeah, pretty active. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, a lot of Big Ten. A lot of Big Ten. And <laughs> Iowa, Iowa's going, taking on Maryland. I, I like that line, too. I do, too. So, and I, yeah, I, made a, I made a teaser yesterday that I went Iowa minus two, Michigan State plus 14.5. I got them at 7.5, so the hook got up to 14.5. And, and then the third one out of those three – uh, you know, I went with Oklahoma minus one, which is a virtual pick 'em. So I really like the chances for Oklahoma to win at TCU. And speaking of Iowa, I was dumb last week. That's one thing I didn't even see. For some reason, I either passed through the line or I was so into underdogs that I just skipped anyone who had a mm-hmm. minus next to them. I looked on Saturday and Iowa's beating the crap out of Indiana. And I said, well, what were they probably favored by, like 11 or 12? And I checked and it was three. And I thought, oh man, dude, like, this is a team that I have like near my top 10. I think Iowa's a top 15 type of team. And they're back in the race. If Wisconsin trips up one more time, I mean, right. they're right there. And the way Wisconsin's looking. They both play at PSU. So I looked at that and I said, why did I not consider Iowa and that was just my mistake. It would have been great to give out on the voicemail. And I know Matt Gothard and I have a lot of bets preseason on Iowa, but that was one that I really screwed the pooch on in that I should have had Iowa minus three because they're a much better team than Indiana. So just apologize to our listeners that we didn't see that one coming. Yeah, and just yeah. a follow-up to that, Indiana, terrible. I actually like Penn State minus 15. Bounce back, crush a yeah. terrible team. I mean, I was just about to follow up with what, you know, Kent brought up a teaser. I'm looking at all these Big Ten games. Did you put a seven-point teaser on this? You teased Wisconsin at home down uh, to whatever that would be, whatever, (laughs) minus 25 plus seven. my God. Yeah, so I give it to them. You teased Northwestern seven points, get that at 13. Iowa, you bring down to three. Michigan State, 14. Penn State, you bring down to seven. No. you know, I don't know about that Nebraska Minnesota game, but then Ohio State, you bring that down to six. I mean, that those all sound pretty close. Yeah, that's you're you're in Kent teaser territory, which is talking his language. So I think that's a that's a good idea. But as we know, one team will just make no sense and screw you. 
Well, a lot of the times, yes. A lot of the times you end up... It's Normally the way the three-team teaser works is... And that's why, like, this week I happen to go one underdog, two favorites. If you go all three favorites, there's always one that gives you some major issues. Usually you'll win one easily, the other ones kind of mix and match. But if you do underdogs, it's fun, because you start off usually already ahead so much on the scoreboards. But I want to bring up this bet, because I'm sure you guys haven't talked about this yet. But when I saw this line... It got me excited, and then I have to give a little bit of credit. Uh, earlier this week, I was watching Sports Center with Stanford Steve, who does the producing for Scott Van Pelt's show. He's he does five picks a week, so it's seven weeks into the season. He's currently twenty five nine and one in his picks. Whoa. So shout out to him. Yeah. But on his podcast, he is all over this, and I listened to it last night. The same way I'm all over this. Cincinnati is six and zero. They're undefeated. They're ranked 20th in the country. And they're a three-point underdog at Temple, which only means Vegas is daring you. We talked about this. Oh, you did talk about it. <laughs> and, and we basically and had a meltdown. I'm, Always yeah, right? I'm still laughing. <laughs> Uh, the the <laughs> Gothard started his reaction with as much as you can ever read on the Cincinnati Temple game, which I thought was just the funniest. We, we, we Think about that line. We have to be. That I know line, we do, but it's just it it, it it's it's for me it's a stay away because I am so terrified of this game. This is going to be one of those games. Temple's favored by three, which means they're probably winning by like twenty three. Like it probably was. It was USC Colorado last week. We we had a similar little discussion about how USC getting it being a touchdown favorite against undefeated team. The last time there was a spread like this, where you had an undefeated top twenty team as an underdog against an unranked team. I got one. I got a guess. USC Utah. Utah. Yeah. No, not was it USC game? It was yeah. They were three in the country, and they beat the crap out of them. So it wasn't even close. I can see Temple running away with this. And we look back and go, okay. Vegas knew what they were doing. I, the people are going to go up. They're going to look at their phones. They're going to look at the numbers. They're going to go 6-0, and number 20. Temple, we're, we're taking Cincinnati. Nope. It's, it's going to be the Owls because Vegas is just daring you to not take them. Okay. I, I trust you, but there's power. Yeah. Way. <laughs> no, no This is truly the definition too. of a I am not touching it. Well, I believe you, I'm but I'm I, would, I would take Temple at minus 10. Oh, man. That's how much I feel about this. Oh, one. my God. Wow. Kent's got some Kent, inside can we info do a personal on Cincinnati. Bet? Let's do What's a personal bet. <laughs> I said, let's do a personal bet. I'll just take you on that. Even on money, the, you can take 10 three, points away from 10. Temple. <laughs> He's just riding high. The Steelers beat the Bengals again. He just wants to trash on Cincinnati uh, even more. That's all. That's well, all maybe, this Kent Maybe if the Bengals would have tackled in the final minute. That was, yeah, that's a whole nother one. Or what if they would have called that pick play? That would have been that would have been cool too if they would have called the a pick play and been the fifteen. Officiating is if you have a feeling you can get away with something, chances are you should probably okay. do it. It's just like if you're going to go through an area where you know you can get away with speeding, you generally speed, and then there's certain neighborhoods you don't speed. Know the officials, understand right, what exactly. you can get away with, and take advantage of it. And Ben skates free again. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna move on back to college here. I'm running with the money. You brought up a game that I absolutely love, Oklahoma, to win this game over TCU. I'm going to pencil that one as well. I, I just they they need to make a statement. They've got they've had that week off. They've been just stewing over it. TCU has proven that they're not very good this year after Texas Tech beat them. Love Oklahoma there, Gothard. I don't know how you're feeling about that one, but that's my Big Twelve game to watch and and put a little action on. Yeah, I, I like it. I haven't I have not been impressed by TCU this year. I've had a lot of faith in them, but. Um, 
I haven't, I really haven't been uh, very impressed at all by them, especially after that Ohio State game. You could tell they were definitely a tier below uh, the top teams in this country. And I think Oklahoma has proved that they are in that top tier right now, even if it just means that they're the top of the Big 12. So I, I take it. I think if you could get it to seven somehow, uh, it'd be a little bit more tasty. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you in that. Like, it would be better if it was seven. TCU, this could be kind of a D'Antonio, Michigan State feel in that just when you count them out, that's when they rise and step up. Because Gary Patterson is one of the best 10 coaches in the country. He's been an amazing coach over his time. You know, he was winning WAC titles when LaDainian Tomlinson was running free there. Mm. Then he went to the Mountain West, was winning titles. Made the BCS. He won a Rose Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and then they went out and they've, you know, won the Big 12. So he's been covering it at all aspects. I look at this team as... Based on what I've seen, an underdog weekend last week started off well Thursday night with Texas Tech winning outright when they were plus eight and a half. TCU just does not look like a complete team. Their defense is pretty solid. I'll give them that. I think they're probably a top 20, top 30 defense in the country. But offensively, this appears to be the worst offense they've had since they rejuvenated their offense a few years ago when they almost made the playoffs Hmm. back in 2014. But overall... Oklahoma, they need this game, meaning if they lose this, they're in some real trouble. And you're right, it's two weeks. You're stewing off of that Texas loss. You added your defensive coordinator in with Ruffin McNeil. You have Bob Diaco moving out from an analyst to a linebacker's coach. And I think firing Stoops is a big deal for them in a good way because Mike Stoops was just not a good defensive coordinator. And now you replace him with what I consider to be a pretty solid defensive coach in Ruffin McNeil. And Oklahoma, this is probably a game that maybe for 35, 40 minutes we're wondering, uh, will they be able to actually cover this? And then they turn on the Jets and separate. I'm going to say Oklahoma wins by double figures and does cover in this game. Ripping that Band-Aid from the Stoops family off, just separating entirely, I do think will be a good thing. And, yeah, Patterson's good. And if you bet on Oklahoma, the terrifying thing is you just got to assume there's going to be a lot of missed tackles in that game with how bad that defense is played. But I don't think TCU is the offense to make them pay. I want to wrap this up with the Pac-12. There was one line I want to get some quick thoughts on. LSU only 6.5 against Mississippi State. But it's kind of how LSU is. It doesn't seem like an outrageous line, and it's one that I'm probably not going to touch. Yeah, if I had to guess, I would take the points, and I'd like Mississippi State to keep this close. But this isn't one of the games I have a great feel on altogether. I don't quite have a feel this week like I did last week. There are some games. As the week's gone on, I've definitely come around on some. But this is one that, in general, I don't have a great grasp on. But if you're forcing me to take one, I could see LSU potentially playing slightly down compared to where they played last week. You have Bama as your next game off next week. But Mississippi State has a ton to throw on the table here. And they have nothing to lose in this game. If they lose, nobody's going to fault them for it. But overall, I have a slight suspicion it's like a four or five point LSU win. But I, there's much better bets out there. I mean, LSU has yet to win a home game by less than ten. So I, I, I think that they're going to take care of Mississippi State. Mississippi State's pretty weak this year. I think that that win against Auburn's kind of uh, bumping them up. I'm very hopeful that LSU can pull this off because selfishly, I just want to keep them at seven and one heading into. Uh, <laughs> into that Alabama game. Y'all yeah, say they win, and look, if they don't turn the ball over, then they definitely cover, because that's kind of been LSU's MO this year, is they've been really good at not turning the ball over, and the one game they did have the two late turnovers against Florida, that's when they lost. So if they play clean football, protect the pocket, 
I mean, you have two future NFL studs in Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons on that mistake D-line. Those guys are going to get a little bit to Burrow, probably even get a couple sacks. But in reality, if they just don't turn it over, then LSU is in pretty good shape because Mississippi State's offense, even though it looked good recently, it's still a work in progress compared to huh. where I thought it would be heading into the season. And I've been wrong about LSU basically on either side of it this year. So not feeling good there. Don't really have much to add. And also, how <laughs> weird is this weekend for me in terms of the teams I follow? You have Notre Dame, off. Miami, off. The Pitt Panthers, which you know I usually have a screen on and check into, off. And then in the NFL, the Steelers, off. All these teams are off this weekend. So for me, it's just this is a true sit-back weekend. Probably going to go up to our buddy's place, John Rydell's, watch some of the games, and just sort of enjoy who I'm betting on and just watch the games for what they are. So I really don't have an allegiance or any sort of like, oh, man, my team better win this week. This is not that type of week because everyone's off. Now, next Saturday, I'll be making my way down to San Diego to go to the Notre Dame Navy game. But for now, it's just hang out, enjoy the weekend, and hopefully keep the week going. The last two weeks have been pretty right. good. So I hope you guys can come around and start to get on that. Yeah, be nice. Get on my train a little bit. I feel like there's been two exits of Fork in the Road, and I've taken one way, and at least you, Mitch, maybe you've yeah. taken the other way on the Fork of the Road. Bad rest stop. Yeah. Just not, not fun. Just yeah, don't want to. Don't no. want to. <laughs> you and rest stops. You don't have a good history at rest stops from what I've heard. No, that's uh, th- those are sealed documents, so we're not going to adjust. The way that Ken, the way that Ken is talking, anyone listening to this, you should fade Kent this week. Uh oh, now it's getting nasty. <laughs> now we're getting, we're getting Matt Gothard version three right now. Um, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Whenever I'm overly confident, it seems true. like that's when uh, I get humbled. That's true. Uh, Actually, speaking of this, I just I want to find out real quick, and I don't know if they even play, but I got to see what Iowa State's line is this week. Uh, they're they're off, okay. Because if Iowa State was playing this week, I'll tell you guys right now, by the way, don't sleep on Iowa State going forward. I don't think what they did to <laughs> West Virginia was a lucky no. game. Their defense is excellent. They have an All-American caliber running back. And that quarterback, Brock Purdy, is the real deal. As a true freshman, they still have, if you look at their schedule coming up, they have Texas Tech coming up. Mm. That's going to be a game where you can probably make – that's probably like a pick game. And then you look at the rest of the season, Baylor, Texas, they have Kansas, Kansas State, and Incarnate Ward. They'll win those. But Incarnate at, Ward? At Texas, no Dude, Incarnate Ward, the sleeper. Yeah, Incarnate Ward, like a small Catholic school from San Antonio. I think I played a high school. It's a ways away, but November 17th, they're at Texas. Longhorns better watch out because Uh-oh. that is going to be Uh-oh. a brutal matchup for Texas. So I'm buying into Iowa. I'm buying into Iowa State. Gothard, I'm all in on what? your home state this year, and I love the Brock Purdy switch. Okay. If they would have made the switch a month ago, they'd probably be five and one. Instead, they're three and three, but they're they're on the up. Yeah, we forgot to tell you that Kent just bought real estate names, so he's got a condo now out there. So he's yes. uh, oh yeah, <laughs> just this breathtaking. Uh, wow, <laughs> that's where you launder the money. All the all the all of our all of our money maker picks that just all gets funneled to Ames, Iowa, to a nice like flower shop that's under the table and. That's the way it works. Oh, so special. Close enough where Gothard's family can come up and collect on our behalf if need be. So I'm not going to say that's why he was out of town recently, but there's a reason I'm buying into Iowa and Iowa State, and it does have to do with the real estate and the Uh, maybe lax tax laws in certain counties there. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Well, before we uh, make our moneymaker pick, guys, what do we think? And I'll start with you, Matt. 
uh, and running with the money here about that Pac-12 slate of games highlighted by Oregon. Getting points on the road against Washington State, 6-0 and against the spread. Washington State Cougars, three-point favorites. Yep. It's an interesting yep. one for me. And I think that my moneymaker this week, which I'm feeling like Ken's probably going to disagree with, is I would almost say Oregon money line. But we could, we could take the three if we want to do so, that. Um, <laughs> okay, wow. Or, or wow. Oklahoma. Okay, so you're all you're in Oregon winning this game. This feels very trappy to me. I I pick Oregon to cover and probably win the game as well. I hate going against Leach, but they're going to move the ball in Oregon. So you're going to need Herbert to show up on the road and get some stops out of the def- out of that defense. I'm just looking forward to watching this game. I think this is a great contest. I think Leach is going to make this competitive. And they win these games. I mean, historically, they have won a lot of these big games at home at night. What Oregon should do if they're smart? Any big game Washington State's had the last few years that have, when they played Washington, they get crushed. Oregon should just come out. They're both Nike schools. Come out in Washington's uniforms. And just wear Washington's uniforms during this game, and you're guaranteed that you'll beat Washington State. But realistically, this is probably one of the more fun games of the day. I'm glad College Game Day is making their way up to Pullman. Martin Stadium is going to be rocking. This is going to be a tough game and a real NFL test game for Justin Herbert. If he's Mm. looking to leave and be a top-five pick, this is going to be one of those games that scouts will be watching and breaking down quite a bit just based on how does he handle this type of pressure because it will be there. But I do think Oregon wins this game. I'm with you guys that the Ducks find a way to win. I don't feel great about it. The fact that they were early favorites surprised me. I thought Wazoo would be favorite this whole week. Oregon opened up, I think, minus two or somewhere around there. But I certainly, if we're going to debate between this and Oklahoma at at seven and a half or eight. This game? No, Oklahoma. Oklahoma was... Was it eight, I believe, right? Yeah, we'll double check that. We're debating between this and Oklahoma as our moneymakers. I feel better about Oklahoma because I think there's so much more riding on the fact that if Oklahoma loses, everything's done on a national perspective. Oregon still, I don't know, I'll just be real about this. They're not really looking for a playoff spot. Really? No. I... They are, but they are. They are, but I don't think they're going to get there. Is that a better way to this put is it? Their last, if they win out, you don't think they're in the game. playoff? No. I, don't. I think if Oregon no, there's, wins out. There's no way you can say that. No, no, no. no. There's I'm not no way you can say that. It, but I'm going to guess that they wouldn't be. I do think also they just lost the true freshman left tackle, uh, Panay Sewell, who's been probably the best offensive lineman in the country for any freshman. He's out six weeks. That's a major blow to this offense. And they were punishing people running the football uh, yeah. up front. Again, I'm going to predict them to win this. But uh, if you're going to say to me 11 and one or 12 and one Oregon, as of today, I'll say they don't get in because I think even if Ohio State trips up, or even if let's say I, if if State Clemson goes, loses, Oregon's track record undefeated in the Pac-12 is better than the ACC. In that case, My opinion. In that yeah. Case, maybe so. Again, I'm, they, they would be either four or five. Okay. I just yeah. don't, as of today... I'm not seeing it either. I'm yeah, just saying, I'm right. playing like, I, I don't think they're going to go undefeated. I highly doubt they're yeah. winning out as well. He, Herbert can guess Who are they losing defense. to? Yeah. Well, they could, they could lose to uh, any... The Pac-12 is pretty unpredictable. They, Arizona, UCLA. At, hey, mean, hey. At Utah, Oregon State. At Utah can I just, is almost definitely... At Utah is the one. Kent's right there. 
What did I say last week out there? My last sleeper bet was UCLA money line to get their first win. So I, I and, I, and I'm true. loving them this week against Arizona too. Minus Wait, nine. How, how crazy yeah, is it? UCLA, how crazy is it that UCLA is one and five, and the combined losses of the teams that that have beat them are six. Oklahoma has one. Cincinnati's undefeated. Fresno has one. Colorado has one. And Washington has two. So actually it's five combined losses. So they've, beat, they've lost to some really good I'm teams. I'm riding them again. And I'm with you. I think that if you're going to look at, uh, at UCLA this week. Khalil Rich Tate's Rodriguez, not the same player. Well, he's not playing. Yeah. Rich Rodriguez's yeah. son who's starting at quarterback. <laughs> oh, I get to go bet against another Rodriguez? This is awesome. Yeah, so overall I would say UCLA I actually do like a lot this week as well. Less. Money maker wise, again, I'm leaning towards Oklahoma yeah. more than I'm leaning towards Oregon, but I'm fine with both. I think both probably hit. I do want to point out that a game that I'm absolutely terrified of before we make our money maker pick is Washington getting 15 and a half against Colorado because Washington is just not reliable on these big spreads, but Colorado has way too many flaws to be trusted anymore either. So this is one just, we'll see what happens. Washington will probably win by about 13 to keep everyone on their toes. But as far as the money maker goes, we can debate a lot of different ones. I, I just I like keeping it simple, keeping it smart. Oklahoma minus eight. That's where I'm at. If we can agree there, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean, like I said, I was, the Oregon and and um, Oklahoma are the two I'm most confident about. So I'd say Oklahoma. I'm down with the Sooners. Go with the Sooners. They were part of a moneymaker win, the over to start the season. We're four two and one on the year. This was our first just brutal loss where we got crushed. But hey, those are going to happen. So. Yeah, the only one on my voicemail. That <laughs> hey, you didn't. Happened. You said though. Oh, to I be like fair, like you that. named it as two of your best bets. Oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> the only one on my voicemail. <laughs> Got to get that uh, last brag in there it's, before. It's on record. This is man. It's on record. We we gotta be careful here, Gotham, because if if Ken has a lot more big win weeks, this could be a brutal podcast. How ballsy would it <laughs> Yeah, been, I mean, though? we might need to be careful, but homie might need to be careful too. Because if he goes zero yeah. and five, we'll be talking about it. Been, we went Iowa State money line last week as the money maker. Because remember, I said I thought they were going to uh-huh. win by more than a touchdown, and they and frankly, they won by I think sixteen. They outgained West Virginia four to one. They could have won by thirty. Like that was a weird game, and they crushed them. So. Again, real estate names Iowa. Let's Dollar. go. I know your family's kind of in that what Des Moines area or so. Uh, our money, <laughs> yeah. money is, wait, wait. is absolutely getting funneled to the beautiful Hawkeye State. All right. Hope we don't get audited. <laughs> like uh, nothing to do with it. I don't know why you funnel any money there. Out of his parents. It's too. to say on record. Uh, That's probably the way you should play this. I get it. Anything else, gentlemen? Uh, outside maybe the uh, college football landscape before we sign off? No. I mean, I think. Uh, I'll, you know, we're now at the point that, you know, with NFL, the only one I really liked last week were the Chargers. NFL. Hey, thank you for that, by the way. Yes. Well, I mean, come on. The Browns are bound to just have a Browns type of game. The first True. five weeks, they actually played pretty competitive football. But, yeah, for, for me right now, there's not really anything else on the horizon. I have some NBA futures. You know, I think NHL, we talked about that about a month or so ago. But... You know, that's I'm kind of good with uh, college football right now as my main source to help the Ames, Iowa area. <laughs> okay, well, Gothard, if there's not anything else from you, I think this was a good day. We learned a lot about our friend over here. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers aren't playing, so there's nobody for me to bet on uh, for NFL. So <laughs> I'm, t- I'm taking a pass this week, too. 
All right, this was great. Matt Gothard, Dr. Farthing, Kent Brown over here. <laughs> Guys, this was fun. Thanks for coming on Running With The Money. And uh, as always, stay safe out there.